with that demographic, that composition of the jury, you got to believe that somewhere, somebody, multiple people, it has to resonate that this dude came out the gutter and he succeeded. And it looked like the state trying to take this man down. That's going to resonate with somebody. I'm sorry. Call your first witness. I got Kenneth Willis. K Will. He bought his business. He going to take it the distance. Listen, he giving gaming. Believe in high level represent. Call your first witness. Uh. K Will. Yeah, call your first witness. Griff has been paid for this endorsement. What's good? What's good, beautiful people? It's your boy K Will, man. Listen, episode one, baby. Let's get it going. I'm, I'm excited. I've been waiting for this moment for a long time. It's here. I'm ready to go. Rock with me. Listen, I ain't gonna lie. I'm a fish out of water right now. I'm a trial attorney. I do public speaking. But this right here is new to me. But guess what? <clears throat> Buckle up. You dig? It's gonna be a wild roller coaster ride, but I'm committed. Stick with me. You know what I mean? Kind of new to me, but look, let's see what happens. Let's see what happens. But anyway, listen, man, episode one, call your first witness. We're going to be addressing a lot of topics in this podcast. One of the things I want to focus on is what's going on in the news, what's popping, right? <clears throat> There's always something happening, particularly as it relates to criminal law, right? And y'all already know, man, there's a trial going on that right now has captured the world's imagination, right? For those who are interested in this trial, it's, it's interesting on so many levels because it deals with Young Thug, as you know, renowned recording artist, and his lyrics are being used in trial. <clears throat> there's no secret about it. Among other things, among other evidence that the prosecutor intends to show throughout the course of this trial. So we know that this is a six defendant case. It's a RICO case. You've heard it. You know, a lot of people covered it. You know, I'm kind of, I don't want to say late to the party. I ain't going to lie, this bad boy is slow motion. <laughs> this bad boy is slow motion. We talking 10 months jury selection. <clears throat> that's a long time to pick a jury, right? I, I My first legal job, or my second legal job didn't last 10 months. So it's a long time, but you got to understand it is a high-profile case. We got six defendants, at the minimum six defense lawyers. You got a prosecutor, Adrian Love. I'm going to touch on her in a second. Not literally, but we're going to get to her in a second. Got the ut utmost respect for her based on what I've seen so far. And it's an interesting case. On so many levels, we're going to unpack all that. But I want to jump right into it. As you know, this thing been going on for a while. Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, I run a, a full-blown practice. About 70, 80% of it is criminal defense in the city, city of New Orleans. I used to practice primarily in Baton Rouge. I've pivoted to New Orleans. Your boy busy. All right. So forgive me if I can't tell you precisely what's going on day in and day out. I'm going to kind of do like a recap. Right. I'm when, I'm, when I come in, I'm a recap all the stuff I didn't see, um, the things I found interesting. And you know what? Look, I'm just giving you my perspective. I think it's important, you know, that you get 
you know, I, I enjoy sitting down with family and friends, man, and we just be running it. We be running it. You know what I mean? And so that's really the nature of this podcast, man. Let, let me run it. You know, I hope I keep your interest. And I just want to give you my perspective. And I think the best way I can do it is looking at this from the standpoint of a criminal defense lawyer. I've been doing this for 15 plus years. I've tried cases on the highest level successfully. I'm not here to brag, but you know, you need to know who you're dealing with, right? And so I I plan on addressing this, looking at this case and say, all right, if I was trying this case, how would I address this case? You know, what would the first what would be the first things I'm looking at? And one of the biggest things I'm looking at is my opponent. Right. When I'm coming in on the trial, I need to understand who my opponent is. So I'm looking at it from that standpoint, like who's trying this case. And if you don't know who this person is, you got to research this person. So we we got to have an understanding. Listen, Adrian Love ain't just go to our office one day and found this this file, this RICO trial on our desk. Right. I would think that she was cherry picked to take this case. This is obviously a high profile case. Fulton County do not want to look bad. They don't want to lose. Let's keep it real. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody signed up for an L. Ain't nobody signed up for that. All right. The indictment, the, the charges date way back to 2013, right? It's a RICO case. Essentially what the state saying is, look, Jeffrey Williams, AKA Young Thug, and all his associates conspired to carry out this, this criminal gang, right? And they've been doing it over the years, you know, anywhere from robbing folks, selling drugs, anything to protect, preserve their, their enterprise. That, that's the case. Um, Young Slime Life, right? That's the name of the gang. But we no, also know YSL, right, is a record label owned by Jeffrey Williams. So it's, we got a situation where Adrian is saying, look, hold up. I understand that YSL is a record label successful. We ain't disputing any of that. But we also have a real gang that's happening simultaneously with this. And she's there to make the case. And what, what I want to impress upon you she kind of dangerous. I'm, I'm going to keep it at 100 with you. She kind of dangerous. I've been here looking at some of the comments about, oh, she don't know what she's doing. She out of touch. I, I'm not going to go that far. I'm not even going to go there. Period. All right. First of all, and look, I've been, co- I've been covering these cases for a while. You know, I was living in Baton Rouge when Boosie was on trial for a murder case. Right. You know, he was alleged to have hired somebody to kill someone, right? He successfully was found not guilty. You know, had a brilliant trial team, a phenomenal trial attorney and Jason Williams. Jason Williams is not a current DA in New Orleans. Martin Regan, may he rest in peace, another prolific trial attorney. I was happy to see him in action because I, I heard about him and that was my first time seeing him. So I had an up-and-close view on a trial. I'm not going to say similar to this because it wasn't a RICO trial, but it was a trial in which a recording, a renowned recording artist was on trial and the state introduced Boosie's lyrics as evidence, right? And, and listen, y'all, I'm a, I'm a student of the game. 
I'm gonna keep it a hundred with you. I'm a student of the game. I don't care. I, back then, it was. I think I was practicing for about four years when I was covering that case. I'm covering this case, obviously. You know, I, I think it's important to all. You always learn, and that's why they call this practicing law, right? We got some. At the very least, we have, in my opinion, already just my kind of far away look at this. We got at the very least three dangerous phenomenal attorneys right and the reason why i'm saying it already because i could see it right sometimes it's an eyeball test you can see it adrian love don't sleep on him win lose or draw she put i i, I want, i'm not gonna go as far as say she putting on a clinic but i'm saying the sister know what she doing all right you got brian Steele. Brian Steele represents obviously Young Thug. We know this ain't his first rodeo. Alright. You know, and then I see there's a guy by the name of Max Max um Shark. Shark is his last name. I think it's Maxwell. Maxwell. He's emerging. Right? And I'm saying and, and, and I won't be careful when I say emerging. Like, nah, he he's not emerging. He was already there. And I think. You're going to see some other lawyers kind of rise to the occasion, right? Because Brian Steele, he's the headliner. Let's be, keep it real. But we got to understand there's six defendants, which means at the very least, there got to be six attorneys. All these defendants have an inherent conflict of interest, right? So that's why everybody got an individual attorney. You're going to see, I'm expecting to see somebody... Brian Steele, I'm already I already see it. He's the headliner. But <clears throat> like they say, man, champions are recognized in the ring, not made. Right? So I expect to see somebody who you probably never heard of, not a household name, that's gonna sort of emerge because we know they've been doing these lawyers been trying cases for years. I'm either I'm even looking for Mr. Williams. Mr. Williams is the female African American attorney i believe she's a public defender i read something where she was saying man this trial so long i might need to start a fan club or whatever something to raise money whatever that is and i'm looking to her for her no pressure but i i don't know if she's the only public defender but i think she is one of the public defenders on the case and i'm looking for her on top of doing her thing I, I'm looking for her to dispel the notion of public defenders who are not real phenomenal attorneys. And man, I'll go a step further. Some people think they're not even lawyers. So I'm looking for D. Williams to do her thing, get her shine on. You know what I mean? No pressure, but this is an opportunity for, for I mean, the whole world is looking at these lawyers. And so what I'm saying is, Adrian Love, Brian Steele, and Mr. Shark has has all already captured my intention in terms of their level of expertise out the gate, right? Adrian Love, she come out the gate opening statements. Let's get past jury selection. I'm gonna catch. I'm gonna get. I gotta catch up, y'all. Like I said, I gotta. I came late to the party. Let me catch up. Adrian Love came out the gate dropping bombs, right? Quoting books, the Jungle Book. You know, I don't even remember what the quote was, but it had something, uh, you know, it had a 
big bad wolf kind of vibe to it, right? And so she's attributing Young Thug as the the, the king slime, right? He's the the godfather of all this, right? Now, opening statements, you have to understand, opening statements is just what the state intends to prove. And when the defense lawyers get up, they say, this is what we intend to prove, right? It's not argument. It's just, this is what the evidence intends to show. And it's important because opening statements is where, where you set the tone, right? It's your first opportunity to really, really get into the case. So you come up in that lukewarm kind of, uh, let's just wait and see what the evidence going to say. Nah, nah, nah. You won't paint that picture, right? And so that's what Adrian Love did in our opening statement. You know, she painted the picture that, yes, Jeffrey Williams is a successful rapper, right? But not that's not the only thing he's successful at. Right. He's successful at taking advantage of our youth in the community. This is the case he's making. Right. Our youth and influencing them with his his lyrics, influencing them with his actions. Right. The people, his company to further a criminal enterprise. Right. And he's taking our youth. So when she say youth and, and teenagers, that's tapping into this notion that, yeah, you got to be more responsible with your music. And it's not just music, but you are also, you in the trenches too. So she's, she's putting him, and that's going to be the case, right? Because it's one thing we all can understand. Look, we can't hold somebody criminally responsible for their music. At least most of us think that. Some of us don't. Uh, right like Mac Phipps no limit was found guilty of manslaughter in St. Tammany Parish in Louisiana we call them parishes y'all call them counties outside of Louisiana some folks you know can flat out be convicted for their lyrics we know that it's unfortunate it, it happens in our society it happened to Mac Phipps thank goodness he was released in Louisiana after, unfortunately, doing 21 years. And they brought up lyrics, murder, murder, kill, kill, and his his rap artist name. And all that stuff came out during trial. Turns out he, evidence supported that he wasn't even the, the guy responsible for this, right? But the lyrics came in, and, and the question was, what's the audience? That's the key right here. See this trial? We got seven black women right you got two black men two white women and one white male right that that's the composition of the jury you got to understand atlanta is about 47 percent african-american all right so like the labusi case in baton rouge you know an argument can be made on the defense side that the prosecutor is out of touch right they're over here using somebody's lyrics as evidence that this person committed a crime. We understand freedom of expression, freedom of speech. Um, you may not like the music, but to say that this evidence, you know, uh, shoot him up, bang, bang, as my dad would say. Rest in peace, Papa. You know what I mean? Like, that's not enough. And no, the prosecutor in, in Baton Rouge, not to shift gears, but 
that's not all they were relying on, but an argument can be made that they out of touch, right? Who's delivering this message? A white prosecutor. <clears throat> I'm not saying, you know, I'm not making this about race or disparaging anyone. I'm just saying who can tell a story? You understand? We got a situation where we have a sister that's telling this story, right? Now, I'm not saying that means, oh, because she's black, we got a, the, the, the majority black people on the jury going to rock with her. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is it, it's sort of her being black, in, in my opinion, from the culture. I did my homework, y'all. I'm telling you. From the culture, she has experience in prosecuting gangs. She has experience in prosecuting cases that are, are cold. You know, the fact that she's going almost 10 years back don't really mean anything to her. She got the experience, right? <clears throat> she ran for DA in central Georgia in 2020, almost upseated a white male who was in, in that position for 16 years, right? It was a historic race, even the fact that she lost. I think she came within, I don't know, maybe less than 10%. All right, she can connect to the people her message resonated with the people almost to the point where she almost won right and so what i see is someone who is drawing the narrative that look man we got to save our kids right and although some of us may say oh man how you gonna try somebody for their lyrics you also have people who say look man hold up i don't know what's what i can't distinguish the lyrics from real life, you know, Brian's still doing an excellent job, but he's saying, I don't even mean, but cause I, this is not going to be a criticism on lawyers. That's not what I'm here to do unless it's egregious. But when Brian still say, look, young thug idolized Tupac. Heck, a lot of people idolized Tupac. No question about it. But when you had that East coast, West coast beef, yeah, we could say, man, this is all for ratings. This is all for music. But at the end of the day, two iconic figures were killed. Right? And so I could see already Adrian Love saying, yeah, we got all this, you know, putting up the gangs and making money and uh, hardcore lifestyle and all that selling records. But at the same time, we got two bodies that's on this indictment, two dead bodies. Right? And so <clears throat> don't sleep on her and her abilities because she's equipped for the task. So you got her saying, look, he got his little thing going on with the music, but he bringing it back to the hood. He ain't too far removed from the hood. And he got a, his little foot soldiers, but he overseeing everything. And, and in her indictment, she has about, I think it's about 90 something acts, right? It's 56 counts, but she got about 90 something bad acts. I think it's 90 something. If I'm, I told you, I'm, I'm just trying to get up to speed. You gotta be careful that it's 90 something acts, bad acts or acts in furtherance of the conspiracy. So these acts may not necessarily be crimes, right? It could be kind of in that gray area, but it, as long as it's in the furtherance of the conspiracy, she could present them. And it puts Brian Steele and all the other lawyers in a difficult position because now they have to 
defend each and every act, especially if it's damaging to the client. It's like, a see what had happened. This wasn't that bad. Oh, well, this. Oh, which is doable. But when you have so many bad acts, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, it's a defense lawyer's worst nightmare, right? Because they presenting it as proof that they, they are guilty to carry out the conspiracy. So don't convict them. If you think he did a bad act, we're not asking you to convict for this bad act. We want you to convict him because this act, along with other acts, supports a furtherance of the conspiracy of the, the street gang. And so, but but along the way, you know, it's murky in the water for your client. But still in all, the standard will always be a high standard for the state. And for this case, particularly, you're, you're going to have an uphill battle because the more successful Brian Steele can establish Young Thug is in terms of his removal of what's going, going on in Atlanta on Cleveland Avenue, right? So Cleveland Avenue is the place where Young Thug moved to after the projects were dismantled. And so... That's where he lived. That's where he was raised part of his life, right? And Brian Steele came out and opened his statement, and, and he said, look, he came from despair. He came from hopelessness, a lot of crime, a lot of drugs, police disrespecting the community. Jeffrey Williams despised the police. Police didn't treat him and his family well. His brother was killed. They didn't handle that situation right. So you got Brian Steele in his opening statement delivering a message that's palpable and resonates. Man, we got somebody who came from the gutter, y'all, and made it, right? He came, you know, ain't had a whole lot of money, ain't had a whole lot of resources, and he saw music as a way out. And so Brian Steele is saying, look, this guy is making tens of millions of dollars. This guy then sang with Rihanna. This guy then sang with Elton John. This guy, like he's making hits. Why are we saying this same guy is trying to sell drugs, trying to have power? He's the king slime. What? What are you talking about? That's the defense. That's the theory. And it resonates because you got to ask yourself, hold up. This don't really make a whole lot of sense. He made it. Right. He's making a whole lot of money. If I'm on a jury, I'm like, what type of money are we talking about? You know, and so Brian Steele is distancing Young Thug from this mess, this 56 count mess. He like, look, Young Thug don't even know who these defendants are. Most of them like he too busy making records. He's traveling the globe. And so this is what we have here. Right. We got Adrian trying to put him close to the mess. And saying, look, I can show you specific acts. I could show you the car that was rented by Jeffrey Williams was days later involved in a murder. Ooh, now that's 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 filthy. Like you, you definitely, Brian, still gotta come and clean that up. Right? Because now we saying, oh, wait, you know, it kind of reminds me of the Michael Vick case. A little bit. Obviously, that wasn't lyrics, that was dog fighting, but Michael Vick. At the height of his career, making millions of dollars. I mean, he that dude, right? Cover of magazines, cover of Madden. He doing his thing. We realize 
there's a dog fighting thing going on at his at his house. Let's just keep it real. It wasn't at somebody else's house. It was at his property. Maybe not his house, but it was on his compound. <laughs> you dig? And so you could try to distance him and say he making a whole lot of money and he don't got time to be fighting dogs and ain't no money in that. And they not, ah, but wait. Now we didn't see that trial because it played out. Totally different cases, but it kind of remind me of, and I think Adrian Love is going to try to bring this home where she said, yeah, we can understand that you can do your thing and, and excel in your rapping career, but you can also come right back home, right? And still be involved in perpetuating your game, still being involved in power and control, right? He can't, he can't get out of it. The thing that's scary to me is what happens to people who become successful, but they won't come back home. And a lot of people think, man, it's just that easy. Once you make the money, once you have the success, cut it off. It's not that easy, right? And a lot of people think they feel the pressure of not being real anymore. I'm the same cat. Yeah, I didn't make my money. I just try to get out the hood, bro. But don't, don't act like I'm brand new. You know, and so if I come back to the hood, I'm back to the hood. I'm with my fellas. I'm with the people I grew up with. I'm I no judgment here. But if I do that and there's still hopelessness and drug dealers and the hood ain't cleaned up and I'm still kind of in that environment, I'm taking care of people because I didn't made it, you know, so I got survivor's remorse and maybe I'm breaking bread. That makes me a criminal. Right. I'm coming back to the hood and look out for folks, breaking a little bread, giving them a little money there. That don't mean I'm the criminal, huh? That's what we doing? Oh, you looking at my lyrics. Oh, you see me talking about this and take it to trial and put you in the casket. You seeing all that stuff. You don't understand. Look at the direct line between the lyrics and the bankroll. See, and that's that's the thing. Hold up, man. This has been going on way before my time, and it's going to go on before after I leave. Brian Steele is making this argument that this is a multi-billion dollar industry. Folks making money rapping about what, what may be fiction or it may be embellishment of real life. Brian Steele said, look, Jeffrey Williams grew up in this environment. He, he saw some of this, right? He raps about some of this. He idolizes Lil Wayne, and he's brilliant at this. Brian Steele paints Lil Wayne as, as sort of an exhibit, right? We can look at Lil Wayne as a reference, someone who made it out of Holly Grove in New Orleans, someone who started young with a skill set. Someone who Young Thug looked up to, talked about drugs, talked about shooting, talked about all this stuff in his lyrics. Successful. It worked. And he said Young Thug idolized Lil Wayne. The state, I, I heard where the state got uh, Weezy as a, a witness. I think they, had, they got Birdman as a witness. I'm like, hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. I, somebody gonna have to convince me that I, I, my money on ain't no way in the world Wayne is showing up at that trial. Ain't no way in the world Birdman showing up at that trial talking about some like that dog. That's not happening, right? I don't. And and, and I listened to 
the state's opening statement and they said, look, there is an incident where Wayne was performing in Atlanta and there was some beef between Wayne and Young Thug. There was some beef. And YSL people, they shot up Wayne's tour bus. They saying, this is the evidence that we will show. Wheezy is not a victim in this case, right? He's not. I don't, I don't know if he's a material witness. I don't think he's a material witness. And I got to be careful because I'm not licensed in Georgia. So I'm not going to come across as I know how Georgia roll. But I'm like, how you going to get Wheezy in trial? These people got resources. What do they get out of showing up as a witness for this case? Bruh, how you going to get them? I haven't heard any. And so I don't, I'm, y'all, I'm not even going to spend time with that. I'm not... My money, Wheezy, Birdman, Rich Homie Quine, they not showing up as witnesses, right? And I don't think Brian Steele or any other lawyers wasting their time with that. But Brian Steele was saying, look, Wheezy is the model. And I'm going to get into how he turned one of the state's witnesses as an expert witness to establish that. But so we got Adrian Love pulling Williams into the situation. You know, the head honcho, the overseer, putting people in place, specific incidents. And I, I ain't gonna lie, y'all, I'm paying close attention and I'm looking at the comments where people saying, a lot of people saying, look, this is a joke, yada, yada, yada. This is a waste of resources. And look, I just want to warn you, it's the trials take time. You know, I read somewhere where this trial was going to take several weeks in my eyes, several mean four, four weeks. And I'm like, ain't no way in the world you could, you could pre predict this. It's too much going on. Too many moving parts Too it, it's like herding cats. Y'all like this thing going to last for a long time. So we got to be careful with saying, ah, oh, wait, wait a smoking gun. I didn't, I didn't been in cases where man, that thing, the momentum started towards the end of the, the state's ch case in chief. You got to be careful. It's mundane and, and they just putting pieces together. So I'm not, I, I do what I've seen so far. I'm like, ooh, they got a long way to go. Ooh, the state got a long way to go. They really need to tie this in. You know, I heard them arguing over something back and forth. The, the, the defense lawyers in the state and Adrian Love is talking about these these messages on Instagram or some so, social media and she going in. I don't think it came out as evidence yet, but she intends to produce it. And some of the things she was saying, you could kind of look at it and say, all right, if you isolate that, it ain't that bad. I mean, she was saying how one of the witnesses was talking about, look, I need money to maintain the trap house. Like, you know, Everybody got to put their money up. Ain't nobody putting their money up. And then you got you got Young Thug chiming in. And so it's like, hold up. What he chiming in on? What does he care? And, and they trying to say the property is for Young Thug. So these text messages are supposedly with the same people, some of the same people with Brian Steele saying, look, man, Jeffrey don't know these people. So you we got to be careful with these social media messages because it's going to kind of, the intent behind that is to kind of bring it in, man. Like this thing, it got a long way to go. The state, I, I think the most success, the most successful the artist, the more harder it is, right? How do you overcome, man, you know, all that success 
Grammy nominations, making all this money, touring the world, you know, prominent people appearing on his album. Like, what are we doing? Okay, they idolize him. Okay, they, they got uh, YSL tatted on their head. They got Young Thug tatted on their bodies. Like, this is, this is the culture. This what we doing? Thug don't know all these people. Thug don't know all these kids. You got these kids doing stuff for Thug, thinking Thug, thug on recognize him. But this is the thing. And, and Brian Steele is doing a great job in presenting this. Look, man, this is part of the culture, right? Like, this makes money. This sells. We don't even know if a lot of this is true. So Adrian Love, in her opening statement, she's like, look, take this SHIT to mother effing trial. I rep my life for real. For slimes, you know I kill. Then she say another lyric, same song. It's a song, take it to trial. I actually listened to it. Take it to trial. Get an appeal. Take it to trial. Yeah, you gonna whack them. Pay for that casket. That's just if we whack them. Y'all, I probably sound lame right now because I, I ain't gonna lie. I ain't never heard of this song before until I actually listened to it a few days ago. And when I put it on, it's a video. It's like, yo, I would not have ever thought that this had any association with real life. Not even, you know what I mean? Some of this stuff, it had, you know, how the movies be based on the true story. The video and the lyrics, you know, I don't know. Because half of the times, man, some of these songs, I don't even really, the lyrics... Don't resonate. I'm showing my age, though. That's just, you know, I'm the same dude coming up. I could quote verbatim Lil Wayne. So I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I wouldn't have never thought it was like anything remotely close to real life. And so when you see it an exhibit, it's like, oh, y'all. Man, I remember front row seat in the uh, Lil Boosie case, man. That thing turned into a concert. Listening to Lil Boosie, I, I remember the, the first thing. I can think of is like, man, this brother talented for real. I don't know what you call like when dude be in the boot, when the artist be in the boot, no music, no nothing, just cuts, just raw, raw cuts. And it's like, man, I just remember listening to Boosie and I'm like, yo, like you gotta be special to do this. You really gotta be special to create this kind of art. Everybody can't do this. This ain't folks just out here hustling, man. These people doing this at a high level. And so I remember being in the trial and my focus shift off of this is a trial and this is evidence to his brilliance. And so that's what makes this kind of scary. You know, I remember Jason Williams in this closing argument. He was like, man, people from London are sending me emails talking about how is he going to jail for, for his, his brilliance? That's what they doing over there in America? That's how they roll? I remember him quote saying that in his closing, but it was kind of like, yo, like, you know, I I'm not trying to be on a, a soapbox or anything, but it's really scary when you, you see in real time lyrics being put on that projector. And you're like, huh? I wouldn't have never looked at that as real life. You can't take away with that demographic, that composition of the jury, you got to believe that somewhere, somebody, multiple people, it has to resonate that this dude came out the gutter and he succeeded. And it looked like the state trying to take this man down. 
that's going to resonate with somebody. I'm sorry. But it's up to Adrian Love to say, oh, hold up now. Nah. We can't even differentiate between what's real and what's fake. Because we got two dead bodies. We got real life victims. We got... And so this thing interesting, y'all. I spent most of my time on just kind of the introduction. I'm going to do a volume two and I'm going to look at... Now I'm going to go into witnesses, right? We haven't... This case, I'm telling you, this thing slow motion, y'all. Slow motion. Rest in peace, Soldier Slim. This thing slow motion, y'all. But my, my, I'm going to jump on... The next segment, I'm going to jump on uh Trontavia Stevens Trontavia Stevens got himself in a, a situation he in a he in a bad spot right now y'all he was a defendant he took a plea deal now he as people would say state's witness this dude been on the stand for at least over a week I think over six days last I saw he they had to take a break from him put another witness on the stand and they're going to come back to old boy. That's a, that's a long time to be on the witness stand. So we're going to wrap it up right here, man. And I'm, I'm going to pick back up on that segment. Again, I'm trying to get up to speed on this case. Y'all as best as I can, it's going to be nice. Once when I, I get right back to where we are currently in real time, and then we're going to take it from there. So bet that's my time. Talk to y'all soon later. Call your first witness. I got Kenneth Willis. He bought his business. He gonna take it the distance. Listen, he giving gaming. Believe in high level represent. Call your first witness. Uh. Yeah, call your first witness. Griff has been paid for this endorsement.